0: Hello, welcome to Strategy and Sourdough. In this episode, my co host Thomas and I are going to talk about setting up the right teams for marketing growth. Good morning, Mr. Thomas. Good afternoon, Honor. Our um, socially distant
1: and geographically distant podcast kicks off today on this topic.
0: Yeah, the Switzerland correspondent.
1: Yeah, and the Singapore correspondent and the Switzerland correspondent collaborating once again. Exactly. I've actually been thinking about this a lot since we decided to do this topic. And one of the biggest things that is, what should a startup have in-house in their marketing teams? And what should they actually have externally bought or outsourced or contracted? Mm-hmm. And I actually think, depending on you know who you ask and how large the startups are and, and what stage they're in, this the, the answer is going to really vary. But I've spoken to a few different people about this now, just to kind of get a get a perspective. And of course, having advised a few startups, I have a perspective of my own. But what do you think? What's your experience having worked with startups now from around the world and, and big
0: marketing organizations too? I think it's a bit difficult to answer the question without a context. And I think that context is at what stage is the startup in? So if we look at the progression of a startup's journey, the growth journey... I think a useful place to start would be when do you need your first marketing hire internally and what is that person supposed to be doing? And in my experience, the best people in the early days are the founders themselves that double a little bit of marketing, whether they know what they're doing or they're just trying to figure it out as they go along. But once they get to a point where they want to hire someone dedicated, I think the best person to hire is a generalist person who can write a copy for the website or their blog or SEO purposes or whatever it's required. Somebody who has a sense of design, even if they are not designers themselves, they could put together decent-looking artifacts that can be used. Somebody who understands the fundamentals of uh, performance marketing or buying ads on digital channels, for example. And somebody who can also relate to the business aspect, who understands the business goals and how they translate to marketing objectives. It's usually difficult to find these people. And of course, if they're joining a startup, they are not probably going to have well-defined structure and they'll be expected to wear a lot of hats at the same time. And uh, at the beginning, I find these people super valuable. But as a startup grows, I think the priority shifts a little bit from generalists to specialists. Maybe after that, you hire someone who's really good at writing. And then your next hire could be someone who really specializes on performance marketing. And you start building these teams. And towards much later stages of the journey, I think it comes to a point where you really want to hire people who are good at building and leading uh, teams.
1: Yeah, It's an interesting notion of having very early on the founders sort of playing a role of marketer. Um, We spoke about this in one of our very first episodes, actually. And I think the foundations of a brand for a startup, for example, come from the stories of the founders, in my opinion. And and it goes back to that notion that every company has a story of why it was founded. And that can very quickly become one of the angles of marketing, one of the sort of building blocks of your strategy, if you will. It's also quite an interesting notion of going for a generalist. And I agree that they can be relatively difficult to find. I look at it from a slightly different perspective, actually. And if we look at it from the types of marketing that's really required for many of the startups that we work with, often digital startups, so often you have customer acquisition early on will be one of the very, very critical parts of that business. So whether you're in the space of B2B or B2C, you know, finding clients or finding customers becomes really critical. And often that happens through digital acquisition ways. So that's kind of one part of the marketing puzzle to solve. The other part is, how do we get our story there? You know, We've, we've spoken about the, the sort of one differentiator that's really left is, is brand and how you actually are perceived by all the different stakeholders, whether it's investors or consumers or whatever. So that's another aspect of, of your marketing. And then perhaps you have supporting materials that are out there that support both of these things. So campaigns, if you will, for any kind of specials or any kind of product launches or any kind of new things that you want to communicate out there. And I think the product acquisition part is one that's so core to the business that i think that's going to be a really really important part to build into your your company whether it's one person in the beginning and you mentioned the same notion right of you know someone who understands performance marketing and i often talk about it as having a really tight net for your business from a marketing perspective so what happens when people land on your website you know who controls the data related to that who controls the user experience and Basically, increasing that conversion rate for people who arrive on your website, who drives people to that website from a performance perspective, often from social search, programmatic media, things that are you know, often self-service channels, if you will, in today's world with all the technology out there. And I fundamentally think one of the first hires should be somebody who has a good understanding, generalist understanding, yes, but generalist understanding on customer acquisition, particularly, because that's usually where... Um, your your traction gets proven as an earlier
0: stage startup. Let me challenge that for a second because it also depends on the nature of the business. So for example, heavily venture-backed startups who prioritize uh, market share growth over profitability will be more inclined to spend more on customer acquisition and hyper growth. Whereas startups who grow much more organically or startups who started with a great story and want to invest in building their brand may not necessarily choose to invest heavily in customer acquisition in the early days and will be perfectly happy. I was looking at one of the companies was uh, Zapier, for example. It's an uh, automation tool for startups. And it's very interesting that they are profitable and they almost do... Uh, zero advertising. So I know this is not the norm, but technically it's possible to not invest at all in uh, performance marketing. So I'm not sure how useful it is to make that distinction, but I agree with you that if you are going to do it, you are you are much better off doing it uh, in-house and building that capability within your team rather than outsourcing.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think just in general, building marketing teams will heavily depend on the nature of the business. Whether you're a consumer business relying on you know, scale for your profitability or your growth or whatever you've set out to achieve early on, or whether you are, in fact, selling sort of higher ticket item, you know, business to business contracts, for example, in which case you're relying actually more on the more traditional or digital sales processes rather than end customer acquisition, for example, will determine that. But I think nonetheless, one of the messages that I think we're both saying here is that you should invest in some sort of a marketing resource internally and then cast that role to be a generalist of sorts within the realm of the marketing that you might want to have in place to drive your business. And I almost would say because generalists that understand a lot of these things are so hard to find sometimes, exactly. It's often good to hire somebody who would then grow with your business. So if you are sort of an early stage and you bring somebody with not necessarily as much experience, there's no better way to learn all this stuff than to experiment, to be given a budget, to really try what works and what doesn't work for that company. And then eventually, this person would ideally grow to be a head
0: of marketing of sorts, perhaps with growth as the company grows and can afford more specialists within that team. In 2011, I actually went through that journey myself. I was the co-founder slash marketer in the early days, and I did everything from writing press releases to customizing the landing pages, to doing banner ads, to running Facebook campaigns. And it eventually became overwhelming for one person to do. And my First hire at the time was relatively junior, relatively inexperienced, but super capable person, was a bit of of jack-of-all-trades and who started taking on more and more responsibilities. And the next hire we had was a designer and the next person was a developer. So they together formed a self-sustainable marketing team that could get into solving technical problems on the website or uh, develop new materials or build new functionality or launch new advertising campaigns. But of course, regardless, there's always this distinction of what are the things that you should keep internally versus what are the things that you should outsource to other people. And I think it's very difficult to give this a generic answer, but a good rule of thumb, a starting point is whether that thing that you're considering doing in-house is a competitive advantage for you or a crucial business functionality, or whether it can be something that you can externalize.
1: Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, actually, I like that notion of, are we actually building a capability that adds something different to us versus our competitors? Or are we building something internally that becomes a part of our business because marketing should never be seen as an outsourced department or anything like that anyway. It's crucial to today's success. So building that as more of a strategic capability and then perhaps looking at some of the other areas that are hard to hire in-house. I often refer back to the the more sort of brand campaign awareness building initiatives for early stage companies are, are often ones where you could use an external perspective on the ideas on how to promote your business. And that's often where some of the people who join Creative agencies or joint creative companies might, may have that perspective, and it actually may be very difficult to hire people like that into um, in-house marketing teams. Whereas some of the in-house marketing teams, again, may be more business focused or maybe more sort of product focused, or you know, you may look at it from that angle instead. And I think the other thing to note is that as we start looking at this type of talent in today's world, I think we're very fortunate as companies now because with the internet and with the amount of content that gets created now, a lot of people are self-taught on different aspects of marketing than ever before. There are people creating their sort of Instagram content or TikTok content or writing blogs or selling stuff online. And you have people who may not even consider themselves marketers necessarily, but people out there who are very experienced actually in in using these self-service tools that can be very beneficial for marketers out there. Um, So I think the the talent pool that knows how to create particularly digitally-led content and marketing
0: is actually larger than we, we sometimes think. On the topic of whether to hire and manage that function internally or outsource to somebody else, I think another key dimension to look at is whether that has an effect of compounding growth. And to open that up a bit, like do you want to build a Warehouse of knowledge on that topic in-house. Will that be valuable to you three, five years from now as it is today? Or is it a one-off thing that you just need to do or want to experiment with? And I think if you believe that this is something that you should invest in rather than spend on, it makes a lot more sense to build that capability internally. Whereas if it's something that you just want to explore or you don't necessarily think this is worth investing in, but needs to be done anyway, you might want to do that outside. For most startups, SEO, for example, is a capability that I think should be done internally. But there may be some cases where for some companies, it's not particularly important because most of the growth happens through word of mouth or through face-to-face interactions. In that case, it might be understandable where they choose to outsource and hire an SEO expert to just focus on doing that one piece of work for their company. But on the topic of outsourcing, what's your experience working with outsiders, whether they're freelancers or hiring an agency? Yeah, I think this is
1: a great topic, actually, because there are a lot of agencies that are very good at certain things, and there's a lot of freelancers who are very good at other things. And what I mean by that is if it's a very specific need that you have, right? I need to write 10 blog posts a month, right? And I need it to be somebody who is the same person writing it all the time. They get an understanding of our business on our products and really start getting excited about our brand and know our tone of voice and things, things like that. I think in, in those cases, it may not warrant a full-time hire for an early stage startup, But it also certainly probably doesn't warrant an agency to write. And that's where finding a freelancer who understands the market, understands the company, and is is somewhat passionate about it uh, makes a lot more sense. But if you're looking for things that have multiple dimensions to it, so if we're looking for a product launch campaign, for example, in a case like that, an agency that has multiple capabilities in strategy in creativity, in writing, in designing, in motion, in planning and buying media, in looking at data, looking at optimization, things like that makes more sense because inherently your need is for things that require multiple skill sets to be brought into, into one. So I think the sort of decision should be led more by what are we looking to achieve. Now, where the complication comes in is who actually determines what that need is, mm-hmm we spoke about this in a creative briefing process, right? It's don't prescribe what the output is that you're looking for or what the solution is. Sometimes, you know, if we've already prescribed that we want a blog post, is that really going to be the right solution to what we're trying to solve with a blog post, for example, or a series of them? And this is, I suppose, where the generalists that you hire early on and who get to really understand what works and what doesn't for your company will help in determining that. But I guess the short answer to that is, a very specific need with a singular or maybe a dual skill set, go freelance early on with something that is a bit more complicated and requires multiple skill sets brought into one. That's where often agencies, creative agencies, marketing agencies can really offer
0: um, a helping hand. And another topic that I think that's very closely related to this is the cost. And I'm sure a lot of uh, startup founders would immediately think freelancers cheap, creative agencies expensive. But I think there is a a bit more nuance to this than this simple distinction, which is when you work with freelancers, it's almost impossible to find the right person on the first try. So you have to uh, experiment and spend a bit of time with multiple freelancers until you find someone that you're very comfortable with. And getting that person on board and making that person understand the business and getting into a rhythm Um, where that person becomes valuable for your team takes a lot of time and there's a cost to that time as well. And the other aspect is when you sometimes work with agencies and on the surface it costs a bit more, but you're actually buying time in that sense because everything that would otherwise take a lot of back and forth or trial can be fast-tracked by working with a group of people who have already done this multiple times before, And in the long term, it might actually end up being cheaper. But it's a little bit difficult for a startup founder to internalize that. And there's also this perception that agencies don't really understand the challenges that are associated with uh, startup growth. So maybe finding the right partner for them might be a little bit difficult.
1: Yeah, I think the first thing that I'll comment on is this sort of terminology around cost versus investment is quite dangerous because I don't think marketing should ever be seen as a cost I think you should always be seen as an investment, right? Because yeah. Good you luck with think... that. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's what I fundamentally think. Like, you you wouldn't want uh, you know other parts of your business to be seen as as just a cost. Like you're investing something into it with the assumption that there's going to be a return at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, if you hire an individual person, the investment might be lower, but the return that you expect might also be a lot lower in mm-hmm. return. And it's not, of course, you know, the guarantee investment. By nature it doesn't guarantee returns but by by hiring an agency with a track record in your industry or with a track record with startups or companies like that is probably going to be a better um, or very likely going to be a better outcome from a returns perspective too but yeah you're right in, you can't get it right every time you have to experiment you have to try and it's the total investment thinking that i've always been a big fan of mm-hmm. so if you're outsource something or if you freelance something how much time, how many trials and errors, and you know, how many people do you have to try before you, you get that investment return back? That's what the total investment should be. And in some cases, looking at hourly rates, for example, are really deceiving because somebody who charges you two hours worth of work may actually get you nowhere. And somebody who can charge you three times that, but in one hour can actually give you all of the answers that you need it. So it is really more about the chemistry and the track record and credentials of a person or an agency is that makes much more sense to look at than just purely the rates that they charge.
0: That's a very good point. And I think another important one is uh, self-awareness as your strengths and weaknesses, as your capabilities as a team or a founder. For example, if anybody wants me to organize an event... I would rather pay someone who knows what they are doing to do that. I probably would suck at organizing an event because I have no experience and I have no desire to uh, go in and learn everything myself. So I would probably end up saving a lot of money by hiring someone, even though on the surface it looks a little bit expensive up front. I believe that investment would pay uh, much better for me, whereas things that are within my comfort zone and capabilities like digital marketing, for example, I would be much more comfortable to figure out a way to do it in-house or hire and build the right team to do it myself. So by the same token, if a startup is launching a new product and they are doing everything they can internally, but one aspect of that launch requires to, let's say, go and buy billboards or newspaper ads. Instead of trying to figure that out, especially with such a risky big investment, it might be a lot more Prudent to hire someone who knows what they are doing, rather than try to build that capability in-house. Because how often are you likely to make a big launch, and what's the impact of trying to build that capability in-house? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to look at it.
1: And that self-awareness point is really important for all of us, myself, exactly. you, you included. <laughs> I think it's very <laughs> healthy to know what you can do and what you can't do. And in some cases, you're comfortable taking on a new thing and learning it, and, and actually getting a really good outcome from it. But in some cases, if, it's, if the, the entire area that you're going into is something that you don't really have an understanding in, that's where consultants, freelancers, agencies, people can really help. And the investment in saving you time as a founder or as a member of a startup, which, let's face it, you know, most startups that are in growth phase never have enough time and resources to really get things done. And everyone wears multiple hats. If you can save that time and invest smartly in somebody who can help you get a better outcome out of it, I think it's just a very, very good business call to make. And there is that famous story of somebody who um, had an old, old American muscle car. What's a muscle car? Uh, like an American sports car, like, you know, okay. one of these sort of specialist old cars where, you know, none of the manufacturers make them anymore. So, therefore, kind of understanding what goes wrong with it is very difficult to diagnose in some cases. And he'd taken it to various different workshops in a city. And, um, you know, the workshops had been pretty cheap and they'd been sort of charging a little bit and not really finding the right cause. And then there was a guy that specialized in these particular old automobiles. And and this person took the, the car in and it took this mechanic 15 minutes to fix the car. And the price was just incredibly high. And when the customer was basically asking, how can you charge me this amount of money for 15 minutes of work when the other workshops have been charging me only a little bit per hour? And he basically said, I heard when he pulled up, I already heard what was wrong with your car. Uh, you're not paying for the 15 minutes to fix it you're paying for the 25 years it took me to find the skills and the ability to find out what's wrong with your car so i think that's it's it's not that dissimilar when it comes to any professional services you know when you get experienced people you may pay a little bit more but the outcomes are often the ones you're looking for and it saves you time even if it may
0: cost you a little bit more money but the outcome is what you're looking for rather mm-hmm. than the cost that goes into it Uh, This is a very interesting topic. I had this exact debate with a friend recently. Are you better off trying to figure things that are outside your capabilities on your own, or are you better off just letting other people do that and you focus on what you are competent? I think this is called circle of competence, and most startup founders by default are people who like to... Go into uncharted territory and figure things out on their own rather than hire someone to do it themselves. Whereas your startup grows, you come to a point where you need outside help. So, how do you build that awareness? I think it's a very difficult transition to make. It is, and I think it happens over
1: time. You mentioned in our previous episode, you know, early on you may have more time and less resources. So, you actually may not have a choice. You have to kind of figure out things on your own. And to be honest, it's quite healthy. From my perspective, when you're early on, um, especially if you don't have funding yet, if you only have angel funding or you're funding things yourself or bootstrapping, if you don't have any institutional funding yet, it's quite useful for you to try quite a lot of different things on your own because it gives you an understanding what it entails for your specific company to get that particular thing done. And then therefore, when you become more successful, when you come a little larger and when you do Secure funding, potentially, you know the kind of person that you'd be looking for for that particular role. Versus down the line, when you have less time and more resources, you're much better off focusing on the core areas that you can add value to the business on the most and then pay for
0: specialist capabilities to get some of the other things done. Mm -hmm. I think we had an interesting discussion today. The first thing that we discussed was when it comes to building a marketing team, which stage is your startup in? If in the early days and you're just starting out, We talked about the value of working with generalists and slowly transitioning into hiring more and more specialists and focusing on building a team. The second thing that we discussed was whether it makes more sense to get help from outside or build capabilities in-house. And on that, we talked about a few different dimensions and ways to look at this. The first one was compounding effects whether that capability would be valuable for your business in the long term or whether it's a one-off thing or you just want to try it out and see what happens. We talked about was cost or rather investment. Is this a good investment to make or is this just going to be a cost that will be difficult to measure the return on? We also talked about whether to work with agencies and freelancers. And we've discussed that sometimes If you have a very specific problem and you know exactly what needs to be done, it might be a better idea to work with an expert or a freelancer. Whereas for more complicated topics, and especially with those that are outside your comfort zone, it might be better to hire an agency who has all the capabilities in-house and who can get that problem solved for you in a much shorter amount of time. So essentially, you are buying time with your money. Is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I think that's really good. And it's the, the final bit was the
1: sort of self-awareness on what are you good at and what do you surround yourself with different specialists? And really, obviously, that changes over time as you mature uh, as a startup. Exactly. Wonderful.
0: Thank you very much, Mr. Thomas.
1: Thank you very much, Honor, our Swiss or Switzerland-based correspondent. Yes, and our
0: Finnish, but Singapore-based correspondent. And thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Strategy and Sourdough. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us out, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts.